what's up what's up incredible and loved and valued people i am so thankful that you're here i'm so thankful that i get to be a part of your life in this cool way that we have through a podcast i am your host emma may mcdaniel welcome to the have you heard podcast this is a very sweet conversation we're going to be having today with my uncle josh and my husband josh (laughs) so friends grab your headphones and let's get into the word This is so much fun because we have Josh Squared here with us. My uncle Josh is tuning in and this is so sweet because it's a conversation that is just mirroring so many deep, rich, helpful conversations that we've had on the phone countless times. And so I believe that this conversation here on the podcast is going to be just like that. And now I pray all of y'all get to experience the depth and the richness of, of it too and be encouraged by it. But Uncle Josh, I just have to specify, <laughs> Uncle Josh, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, Emma. It's good to be welcome. here. Welcome. Welcome. What is something that made you smile today? Uh, something that made me smile today. Um, actually, uh, the fact that I just got a text uh, as soon as we started this podcast from my sweet, sweet wife that said, hey, you left the lights on in the car and the car is locked (laughs) and you have the key. (laughs) So whenever there's a break, if you could go and turn the lights off, that would be great. And that's just pretty much a great snapshot of, uh, of Uncle Josh, right there. <laughs> Lights on in the car. That's on the car. Yep. Battery's about to die. It's all right. It's all right. It's going to be great. Yep. That's funny. That made me smile right there. What made you smile, Emma? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and I love that's something you can smile about, too. <laughs> I feel like that comes with time. I feel like there are days where I may hear that and I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I crawl into a shell because I feel so bad. But I love that. You got to just laugh. You have to, especially with me, because that's going to happen all the time, or something like that is going to happen. It's just uh, par for the course. (laughs) (laughs) I relate to that. (laughs) That's wonderful. Oh, so did that made me smile today. Honestly, this conversation, I've been looking forward to this conversation for a long, long time. And like I said, I mean, me and Uncle Josh were literally on the phone yesterday, and he was like pouring into my life. And so (laughs) this is no like far and few between type of thing this is just Mm -hmm. really special and i love that we're getting to do the podcast today yeah yeah what about you what about me yes um the husband josh um yeah so i think i had a really sweet conversation i've been honestly it's been i've been struggling lately just in my own self and i it was i had a really encouraging conversation with my dad today and so that was just in real life stuff. And so that was a very good, got to go have lunch with him. And it was awesome. So that, that, that definitely made me smile today. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Over yeah. some good kava. Over some good kava. Kava's good stuff. It's like a Mediterranean Chipotle. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. Chipotle's still better though. Josh, have you had kava? <laughs> I don't think, I don't think I have, but I'm not confident. You're up in Virginia. They got a good kava in uh, Charlottesville. Yeah, right, just right do. there. Yeah, it's a good one. That's actually was where I had my first kava. Yeah, see, I I try to uh, stay away from any large town. Uh, <laughs> well, that, that Charlottesville is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Charlottesville's not really, so you huge. know, technically probably considered a large town, but uh, for me, 
it, it's uh, it's big enough. <laughs> that I'm usually staying at the house. That's so um, funny. With that said, you know, you know, I've probably since I, I want to say in the last three years I've been to Charlottesville maybe four times, and yeah. uh, all of it has been to go to the airport. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, we've you know that's we live what thirty minutes away, so yeah. That's That'll awesome. give you a little. The bigger town. She's not your speed. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm good to just be able to go to Walmart and come back in in five minutes. I like that. That's yeah. nice. That's <laughs> nice. Now, Emma and I, we used to take uh, dates to Charlottesville whenever we were in Lynchburg. We would take gotcha. dates to Charlottesville and go to mm-hmm. Trader Joe's and enjoy that time up there. So that was that was fun. We enjoyed it, but yeah. I totally yeah. get it because it is a bustling town and you can't you can't get there without hitting. Tons of traffic. No, well, because of it being a college town, there's yeah. just uh, there is a lot of traffic on any given day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I try to kind of stay clear, clear of those. I get it. I get it. Well, if you ever get there, Kava is a good pit stop. Uh, this podcast is sponsored airport. by Kava. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I think something really really cool is that in one conversation we can talk about kava and traffic and just the day-to-day things that happen of getting lunch with dad and leaving the lights on in the car to the really hard stuff that we're actually going to be spending a lot of our time in today Mm -hmm. and that is the topic of pornography and as i said that word i am sure there are some of you listening and your hearts immediately dropped um with shame or maybe with a lot of heaviness and weariness because you're walking through that very thing with maybe not yourself, but with somebody who is struggling through that. Um, or maybe even you went into this mode of, I want to turn this off because I'm not in the place to hear a sermon on this. I'm not in a place to hear a message on this. And so I just want to encourage you wherever you're at in that place that you are so loved and we're wanting to have this conversation to meet you right where you're at, to point you to the God who loves you, to point you to his truth that brings freedom and coming from a place of different walks of life. Like my uncle Josh, he's a marriage and family counselor. Josh has his own story of navigating pornography Mm -hmm. and wrestling with it and now walking in freedom from it. And I have never had that personal struggle, but I have gotten to walk alongside Josh as he was sharing with me, hey, Emma, this is a part of my past. Like, Mm -hmm. do you want to move forward with me in a relationship knowing that this is a part of my story? So we're all coming from different parts of our journey. Um, So just know wherever you're at, you're not alone, and this is a safe place to grow. Um, but I would love for Josh to kick off the first question of yeah. what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, and I think I think to kind of even piggyback on what you just said, I think yeah, this is this is not going to be a sermon. This is a conversation, honestly, because mm-hmm. Josh and I have had this conversation many of times, and so like we were planning on doing this podcast just us two. But then we realized it's like, oh, no, Emma definitely needs to be in this conversation, uh, in this podcast episode, because one. Whenever we talk about pornography, whenever you talk about it, it's mainly talked about in the male. uh, Usually men struggle with pornography. However, that being the case, that is so not the case anymore. That it is women and men equally struggle with this. And so it would be doing a dishonor if it was just two guys talking about pornography and having Emma, who 
hasn't has has not struggled with pornography, uh, but even my past and some of y'all listening and know that have listened in past episodes that 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 is a big part of my story. Um, so Josh, I guess for the marriage and family counselor, just kind of start this off is to the person who watched pornography last night or watched it last week, maybe feels that guilty or maybe doesn't feel guilty. Where do we start to find freedom from this very captive sin? Yeah. Well, so I like the word that you use there, freedom, um, because whatever we look at pornography, it's it's viewed in a bunch of different ways. So um, whether you're you're taking it on in that experience of guilt and shame uh, or not, um, what it does uh, is important to be able to, you need to be able to differentiate that uh, in your head. Uh, and, and here's the reason why. There are many times when we experience things that are kind of addictions or addictive things that, that we partake in that maybe not necessarily are coping mechanisms per se, uh, but there are many of those addictive uh, things that we do that come from a place of those things being used as coping mechanisms. Uh, and that's, that is a lot of what pornography can be. Uh, and so it's very important that we distinguish um, which one of these things is happening um, because that's going to be very much aligned with most likely the person who's experiencing that and is feeling guilt or not. Um, and so a coping mechanism is uh, important to be able to identify because there are some actual healthy coping mechanisms that we can uh, take part in that are, it's really helpful for us to be able to kind of get through, uh, especially if we're working to replace that. I love um, that you say that because I feel like typically coping mechanisms has a negative connotation to it. Mm-hmm. So I just really appreciate that you said that there actually can be healthy ones. There's there's very healthy ones. Like um, um, in our earlier uh, conversation and prayer, uh, one of the things that you identified in that prayer was uh, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O oh God, my mm-hmm. rock and my redeemer. That that scripture, which I learned at in my teen years from mm-hmm. uh, old Tommy Powell, uh, <laughs> which your your dad knows that guy. Yes. Um, he he taught both me and your dad that verse as we worked with him mowing yards and everything. That verse here I am thirty years later, uh, and it's significant. It's huge. Uh, and it is a great coping mechanism in helping me redirect my thoughts, my mind, uh, in a way that uh, just coming from me usually isn't going to happen. Uh, and so you want to be able to identify the, the tools that are there to be able to help cope with the struggles that we have. Uh, it's, it's important to be able to, to identify that. So, uh, so are you so scripture are you, is one of those. Yeah. So are you saying that pornography is being used in a person's life as a negative coping mechanism? Uh, yes. So it's like whenever, especially when you get into things like uh, uh, loneliness, stress, uh, mm-hmm. all of these things, uh, sp- particularly stress, mm-hmm. um, 
whenever you have uh, huge levels of cortisol uh, in your brain, mm-hmm. uh, one of those are really uh, nice ways to be able to redirect that and keep that cortisol from ex- you know really overwhelming us is that dopamine hit that pornography brings. Yeah. Um, and so like being able to experience that is it's yeah. relieving uh, mm-hmm. in a way. Um, the, the issue then becomes, especially if we have a, a, a conscience that is uh, in mind to looking at pornography as a negative. Yeah. Uh, and, and I have to differentiate that because uh, much of our current um, world doesn't see it as a negative. They just see it as yet Life. another <laughs> Uh, yeah, medium in yeah. which, uh, you know, it, it's, I would say that most people would be even surprised that you would have an issue with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, or that we're even making a podcast about it. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I, and I say that, uh, it is starting to shift, um, it, even with people who are not uh, connected with the Lord uh, and maybe not living uh, a life uh, as a Christian, uh, it is still starting to shift because the reality is, is you know, you have that much pornography uh, in play in our world today. It has negative impacts, and we're seeing some of those negative impacts uh, in a very real time. Uh, mm-hmm. So that that part is there. So. Mm-hmm. It being a coping mechanism, uh, the understanding that that negative coping mechanism is actually working to keep us from being so stressed or dealing with the the issue of what uh, whatever is causing us anxiety or uh, wherever that fear is coming from, mm-hmm. uh, it's important for us to be able to identify like, okay, I'm just not going to do pornography. It's like, yeah. that's great. And now what are you going to do with, you know, the, the stress, the fear, the anxiety, mm-hmm. the, all the other things, uh, because those aren't going away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is where you get stuck in a, a guilt loop, uh, because you're continually beating yourself up for continuing to struggle with this pornography. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is it's, it's the thing that's keeping you, you know, being able to continue through all these stressful things. Uh, and so you have to be able to kind of recognize it and what it's bringing so that you can create some of those, those healthy countermeasures. Because uh, wow. if you don't, you're, you're, you're doomed to repeat it. Wow. So what, I, what, what it sounds like to me is that pornography is, is the ends of a mean. And the mean being man, I feel lonely. Like I'm, I'm being bullied at school and I just feel like I'm the only person struggling or I don't have a great family. And so this is where I can kind of escape my, my struggles where I can kind of get away. And I mean, I, I notice that even myself, if, if I'm feeling a high anxiety, high depression or a depression moment, um, or high anger, this, these are something that I lean back onto because a, it's consistent to, it kind of relieves me from that stress and it relieves me from that. Um, and I mean, I think that's, that's the hardest part because we, to, to kind of start that healing process, we have to really go to the actual means of it and the core of it and talk about, okay, what is the actual root of 
my addiction or what is the actual root of this causation? And I would even go to add not only addressing what y'all are talking about regarding the root, I think too, Josh brought up, you both brought this up at the start of our conversation of some people feeling guilty for it and some people may not. I think there's a necessity of acknowledging this isn't working. I'm mm. craving relief. I'm craving peace. I'm craving contentment. And I'm continuing to find myself unsatisfied. And I'm realizing that this is this isn't going to be my solution long term. Yeah, right. But as long as we keep thinking that it's okay or that this is my solution, then like you won't have ears to hear this conversation. And That's so right. not only identifying the root of why I'm doing this, but acknowledging do you even think you need help? Mm -hmm. Do you even think that there's a better way to go about finding mm. relief? Why do you want to stop? Yeah. You know, yeah. That's good. Well, so Emma, do you remember our first conversation when I was talking to you about the difference between first order and second order change? It's been yes. a while. Yes, that was so a while ago. It was. So this, it, the reason why I bring it up is because it, it, it speaks to what you were just saying. You know, the first order change is to stop doing it, stop doing it, stop it doing it. The second order change is to look at what is creating the stress, working to actually resolve those things in your life. So now that coping mechanism is no longer needed. Mm -hmm. um, and also replacing that negative coping mechanism with a healthier one. But like yeah. replacing it with a healthy one is still a, what we would call a first order shift, mm -hmm. a first order change. You know, until you go to the source and really work towards uh, creating well, a heart change, mm -hmm. um, yeah. uh, so to speak, towards just life. And how you deal with fear, how you deal with anxiety, how you deal with stress. Um, that's what's going to create uh, a, an opportunity or a, a longing for you to, to approach this in a different way. Um, and this is before we even get into the question of your view of sex, its yeah. purpose uh, in, a, in a relationship, in a marriage. Uh, and this is before all of that. And this is just in seeing pornography and its use as the coping mechanism um and it's important too to go back to this idea of the second order change because like if you can work towards establishing a difference in how you approach things in your heart your view of this is completely different mm -hmm. my approach to pornography uh, approach is maybe a, a strong word there but my experiential view of pornography and what it was and what it did in my life um, before i had kids and now that i have kids yeah. it's completely different especially now that one of one of those kids is a daughter yeah. completely different worldview has completely shifted completely changed um and that truth was always there you know it it, it wasn't like all of a sudden now that is true um mm -hmm. and so that's that's what you really want to look at and and try to try to seek out for yourself is really identify okay what is this doing for me mm. yeah. um, why is it i need to continually do this and really explore that question, ask that question, uh, because if it's not serving a purpose, 
then there's no value for you to continue, right? Mm-hmm. If there's a continual need for it to be there, then it's serving a purpose of some sort. And you really want to wrestle with that and look at it like, what is the purpose that it's serving mm-hmm. um, and identify that? That's an important yeah. key aspect here. Yeah, I, I love that. I think I think that's something that not a lot of people talk about because whenever pornography is brought up, it's like, okay, well, then just like put a sight blocker on your phone and which can help. Like I'm not dog in covenant eyes or anything like this, but like, that's just how, that's just how we earthly see. It's like, Oh, well then stop doing that. Like it's as simple as stopping. Like it's as simple as throwing away your phone. Well, I'll be honest with you. You throw away your phone. Well, there's, I mean, especially nowadays in 2023, it's like there's a computer screen or a screen or a way to access porn everywhere. If you want it, you'll find it. Like if you need it, if you quote unquote need it, like want it, then you will at the end of the day get it. And right. I think that was the biggest challenge for me as I was just I was struggling because I couldn't escape it. There's no way I could do. It. I had all, I had covenant eyes on my phone. I'd do all this stuff, but until I sat down with a counselor, until I had people around me annoying the crap out of me. Just asking me questions. How are you doing? What's how's your heart? Where are you at? All this different stuff. I didn't see freedom in it. And so I think that's one thing. It's like, I love that you're saying, hey, it's a matter of the heart. It's a matter of the heart. It's not a matter of your phone. It's not a matter of your computer. It's not a matter of technology being accessible. Now, I hated that it is, but it's not. that's not the problem as much as your your heart and how we do have a sinful flesh. So then with yeah. that, now that we understand that we have a sinful flesh, how do we go and go submit our heart kind of submit drop drop it before the cross submit that and start changing our heart to not want it not think that we need it well so it's a matter of submission but not just of the heart but who it's to Hmm. so it's like whenever you submit your heart to the lord then you have the fruits of what that submission brings. It's like one of the fruits of the spirit is what, Uh, especially, you know, in line with this line of questioning, self-control, right? Mm -hmm. Right. That self-control so many people try to brute force it. uh, And they just like, I will have self-control. And it's like, that's not what it talks about in Galatians five. There is talking about it being a fruit of the spirit living within you. And as I Mm -hmm. submit to the spirit in him, he will bring about more self-control in my life. So self-control happens as a result of that submission. And so if I'm sitting there trying to have more self-control, having more self-control, like I'm, I'm doing it backwards. I'm trying to do the things that he's trying to bring about in my life just by me submitting to him, but I'm trying to do it for him. I'm trying to go around, right? Um, And we make it so much harder. Uh, And the same is true of, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, all of them, right? Being able to really look at what those fruits provide and bring about that's what creates that ability. Uh, Ephesians three fourteen through twenty one. That whole section there. It's like now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. Mm-hmm. It's according to his power at mm-hmm. work within us. And so many times we try to take that control. We try to like brute force it and have the power. And it's like 
it's his power at work within us and and being able to submit to him in that gives us mm-hmm. that ability to have that self-control uh, again the the beauty of that is it brings about a whole different view of what's happening whenever you're you're approaching and confronting that challenging temptation of pornography um, like you said there's there's nothing wrong with the covenant eyes i i'm very pro pro covenant eyes as long as you realize the tool that it is mm-hmm. it's a first order tool yeah. that we put in place so that we can do the work over here through the heart and making yep. sure that we have that blocker if you only do the tool and not do the heart work you will find a workaround mm-hmm. somewhere. I believe in you. <laughs> you will find it. You yeah. will find it. Yeah. This is so sweet how this conversation is going this way. I was reading this book, and it rem- y'all talking about this reminded me of it. I was reading this book, and it was called The Labor of Hope, because I've been reading all these pregnancy books lately. And this particular book is specifically like all of these gospel meditations regarding pregnancy, labor, and birth, and motherhood, and how the Lord created it. He designed it, and all in Scripture, it points to like different times the Lord uses it to reveal who He is. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember exactly where it was, but it was in Isaiah, I believe, where... He's referring to the people of God, the people of Israel, and it says that they like got to the point of labor, like they're laboring for their child, yet they do not ever deliver. Mm-hmm. And then he points to the New Testament of Christ and how like it is through Christ that we find true deliverance. And that may have not been the most eloquent as the book put it, but I was it was one of those nuggets I just grasped as I was reading this book because the whole point of it was we try and find the relief. We try and find the freedom. We try and find find our own deliverance mm-hmm. on our own means, by our own willpower, by our own self-control. And God has pointed to the reality that we can't Mm -hmm. he he lets us try but he's letting us know the whole time hey apart from me you can do nothing Mm -hmm. it is only through my son that you then have the ability so i really hope that this this one statement is also being heard in this conversation that yes it comes to like you have to decide. Nobody can decide it for you, but it's not going to have like endurance behind your decision mm-hmm. if it's not being empowered by the Spirit. Yeah. And I've been so encouraged in the Word lately as I've been in the Psalms where David constantly says, God, you are my helper. God, you are my helper. I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. Yeah. And so I just want to encourage you, like, don't see it as insignificant to call on the Lord for help. Like, God, I've tried to change my heart on my own. I tried to go from that first order to the second, and it, I keep failing myself. And I'm proving that it is you who are able to do the impossible in me, not me yeah. by myself. Yeah. So I love yeah. that y'all are touching on this because this is then compelling us forward to say no in the face of temptation. This is then compelling us forward to make the tough decision. And even whenever we feel like we need it because we're falling back on our old rhythm of doing things, we can actually say no because we realize a new way of doing things is better. Um, I just love it. We're getting to the foundation of this conversation 
which is yeah. so crucial. And this goes across a multitude of addictions at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're an alcoholic, if you're addicted to some narcotics or whatever it could possibly be, like, if if you're an alcoholic and you just want to stop drinking, you want to stop being binge drinking or whatever, you can avoid bars, but eventually you're going to go out to dinner and your friends are going to order drinks and you're going to feel like, I need to order drinks. So until you really go to the heart, and I think I love that whenever it's like David is saying, I look up to the mountains, where does my help come from? I'm looking up to the highest point of this earth. I'm looking up to one of the greatest things that is attached to this ground, a mountain. And even there, where could I even find help? If I climb that thing, is help going to be up there? If I, if I hide from all the bars, is the help going to be there or is it? No. It's really going to be whenever I truly submit to God, God... Man, I love you more than I love my flesh. God, I love you more than I love the, this passion and this this quick fix that I have that yeah. I submit this to you and you are where my help comes from. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting you bring up alcohol uh, because that in that idea, like uh, with the AA and uh, the 12-step mm-hmm. programs that are out there, like the the necessity for a higher, higher power of some sort uh, being a, a driving force in the shifts and the changes that someone is trying to make, uh, along with that accountability of the friends and the community around you that comes within the group. Like, there's little bits of this biblical truth that's all over the shifts and change that have to happen and, and that we see both in AA and NA. Uh, and so, like, there's pieces of it that, that are there. Um, being able to, to redirect ourselves is, is key. Uh, the interesting thing I did want to point out too, it's, uh, like for me growing up versus you guys growing up, completely different, Mm -hmm. uh, set of experiences there. Like for, for me to decide that I was going to look at pornography, it was a, uh, okay, I think I want to do this. I need to come up with some money at cash. And then I need to convince someone else to go buy it for me at the store. And then that person needs to ask the cashier Mm -hmm. to find the, the, the magazine behind the the cashier that's Mm -hmm. in a brown paper bag and, and completely closed up. Like there, Mm -hmm. there's like, I don't know how many steps there that has to happen Mm -hmm. uh, in order for that to, to take place. That's been removed. That is no longer the case. Yeah. Um, you can have uh, you can have a five year old watching a, a YouTube of uh, the backyardigans and let that algorithm play out, and you know they'll see pornography within twelve to thirteen videos yeah. um, by letting the the algorithm play out. Like so, that's um, that's the world that, that we live in. So, yeah. Josh, to your point. You know, the, the reason why it's so important uh, now more than ever uh, that it not just be that first order shift, that mm-hmm. second order has to happen. That, that heart has to happen is mm-hmm. because you have to be able to do the work to get to a strength and to have the community around you and mm-hmm. to have that relationship with the Lord in such a way that you can resist the temptation. You can yeah. turn away from it and so that that is important because it's going to happen yeah. um, because it is everywhere 
Uh, and it's not just the, the device. You can get rid of the phone. Um, but again, it's not the device. It's yeah. not the phone. Um, whether you're on the right or the left, conservative or liberal, there is a tendency for us to try to blame the item, the device, the the thing that did the deed, so to speak. Uh, whether we're talking about you know phones, uh, TVs, uh, mm-hmm. guns, um, drugs, uh, you you can go all the way down, and and it's like being able to kind of see how those devices are used is important because I've seen them do good things and I've seen them do bad things. Mm -hmm. And it's so important to be able to see how those devices are being used, how those items are being used. And that is strictly from the heart of the user. Uh, And so that is why that is so important Um, uh, to be able to really kind of explore the heart yourself of where you are and how you confront uh, pornography and and something too that Josh that you mentioned at the beginning um, it's not just guys anymore um, mm-hmm. it's a huge percentage in the 80 to 90 percentile of women who struggle with pornography now and that stands to to um, point towards our just our com- our world right now it's so visual yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. everything is visual mm-hmm. um, COVID escalated that even more uh, with the the importance of uh, the online world mm-hmm. that, that we had to be able to get through that. Um, but it did. It escalated it even more. And so it's important for us to be able to see that it is a valuable tool. Mm-hmm. It comes with risk. Yeah. And if we're not prepared, those risks will overcome us. Yeah. And I think I think one thing kind of even talking legitimate about this conversation, just putting it into practical topics or practical ways that we could really take this away. What I know for, I know for me, it was, I needed to, I needed to go to counseling. I needed to have men of, of the same sex of, if you're a woman, you need to have women around you, uh, pouring into you, keeping you accountable. What are practical ways to begin to change your heart? Because I think even in me, there's a lot of times that I'm like, all right, God, man, I want to, I want to follow you. I submit this to you. And then I'm done with my prayer and I say, amen. And I'm feel the same as I did before. Or man, even during my prayer, I sounded like I was like, I'm just making this up. I really don't care. Or like, how do, how do we really in practical ways actually submit our heart to God? Um, or and how how do we actually in practical ways begin to really change our mindset and take every thought captive? So I wish I could tell you uh, here the three easy steps <laughs> to submit your heart. Uh, I have what I have found is, ironically, there is three things, um, but it's not like those three steps are the three things that I do. It's more like I have found that those three things confront me in different ways at different times in my life. Sometimes uh, uh, multiple of them together. Uh, and it goes into you know study, prayer, fellowship, SPF. Uh, ironically, this was a, it was a funny little Bible study that old Mac <laughs> Owen did, if you remember mm-hmm. Mac, uh, who is, I believe he's still the national director for Celebrate Recovery. Um, and uh, but when he was our 
camp Bible uh, teacher uh, at Camp Chioka uh, in Calhoun, Louisiana. Uh, he he did a little de- devo about SPF 100 sin block. Um, and <laughs> oh, I get about, it. That's yeah. so yeah. epic. I love I know, that. Right? <laughs> That's, it, that was Mac, and, and it was it was interesting because I think I was maybe 15 or 16 at the time, but here I am. I'm 44, and it's still in my head. Uh, but the SP and the F was study, prayer, fellowship. Um, and so there have been times, and, and you probably have experienced this, that uh, I'll read the word or I'll be reading through a devotional and it's just like, oh, oh, that just hit home. That's exactly what I've been struggling with and, and dealing with. And yeah. there it is. Um, or there's been times when I've had people pray for me or pray over me or been times when I've been in prayer and that word just comes to me or, you know, whether it's through another person and it's just like, oh, yep. Yep, yep, and the conviction is there, and sometimes it's through friends, uh, and that fellowship that's there. Sometimes it's not even you know, something I'm seeking. It's just a text from a friend. Hey, was thinking about you. How are you doing? You all right? It's like, well, that was creepy, right? Mm-hmm. But being able to have that group, that community, that that fellowship of friends is huge. And so when we look at like, okay, what does it look like for us to actually submit our hearts uh, to the Lord? I think there's several ways in which we do that. And, uh, but the, the three that kind of just pop in my head is through study and through prayer and through fellowship uh, with those who are like-minded around us. And I would even say, some of my best uh, moments have been with those who aren't necessarily like-minded as me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been some of the sweetest um, intimate moments of like a real heart-to-heart with a person who cares for me, even though they don't agree with me. Um, it's been really significant. So being able, you're making sure you're not isolating yourself right? yeah. and being in fellowship with others. Yeah. That's really what I'm hearing is don't isolate yourself from the Lord and don't isolate yourself from community. Yeah. Yeah. That's where the enemy would love for you to be is alone. Yes. Well, that speaks to it, right? Like um, Mm -hmm. uh, not always the case. I'm not going to say always, but the vast, vast, vast majority of people who are struggling with pornography are doing that solo. Uh, and it's a uh, um, something that that is a um, solo activity, um, and so being able to ensure that you're working towards making sure that you're not isolated is a huge way to be able to really redirect it. Mm-hmm. I'm so encouraged. Yeah. I I feel like just to those of you who are listening, like two. There's a lot more than two, but two <laughs> practical things to take away from this is that this is not by your own willpower that mm-hmm. you can walk in freedom from addiction, but it is by submitting to the Lord through a dependence upon his spirit and deciding to follow him. It's denying yeah. yourself, but it's relying on his spirit, knowing that it's not on your own strength. Mm-hmm. And then also be in relation with God in relation with people. Don't go alone. Yeah. Um, I am really, really excited because, friends, little did y'all know, this is part one of a part two 
conversation. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to wrap up this conversation, but next week, stay tuned because we are going to continue this incredible time together. So friends, just know that we love you so much. I hope that your week is amazing. I hope that this kickstarts a lot of great conversations with others, with yourself and with the Lord. And I hope you know how, how much you mean to us. Mm-hmm. Bye guys.